Hope FM, Faith Filled Radio. Uh, so, Colin, I mean, your faith journey, I, I ask you, mm. how did the Christian faith begin for you? Because I know that it wasn't an environment that you were, you were brought up in. No, it wasn't at all. And um, I would really only say that uh, I understood, well, I knew the Lord Jesus Christ from the age of 25. Before that, um, I lived a life of strangeness really uh, not really understanding what i remember asking a church leader one time i said i get that there's a god you know some kind of force you know i've i've watched star wars you know <laughs> <laughs> but um where does jesus fit into all of this and i'm sure this church leader who actually is a quite a famous church leader i'm sure he gave me a wonderful answer but i've not got a clue scooby-doo about what on earth he was saying <laughs> <laughs> so did that did that answer then cause you to push in a bit further i mean like like chris were you inquisitive in terms of things of faith i'm always inquisitive about everything but i have to say it really was my wonderful wife yvonne who who really led me she was like i'm like peter and she's like andrew come and show you know, let me show you a man who who has changed my life forever. So Yvonne was always saying to me, let's go to church, let's do this, let's do that. And I was saying, oh, okay, maybe. So there we are. So when did the penny then drop? Yeah, so uh, I was one of my, my friends when I was at college. He said, uh, Pete Ellen, he, he is uh, an Australian guy. He said, I'd like, I, I feel God's got a burden for your life. I'm thinking, I'm not going <laughs> to what are you on about? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> anyway, he encouraged myself and Yvonne to, to go to a guest service at uh, St. John's in Harbin, uh, Birmingham, and uh, church, and it was a guest service there. And it just, the love of God, the service was all about the love of God, and it just, the penny dropped from there. Now, obviously, you're, you're married also to the lovely Yvonne, uh, and... Uh, how did you how did you guys meet? Was that at college? Yeah, we met at college, and we both lived a, a riotous life, pagan life before. <laughs> so. I'm beginning to think I would have liked to know you before. You know, I, <laughs> yeah. No, you wouldn't have liked to have known me before that. So, did you come? Did you come to faith in pretty much around about the same time? One week. So, I was at this service. Yvonne wasn't a Christian. Yvonne had always wanted to become a Christian, and I did. And so she was furious with me. She bought me a Bible, and I remember I was reading it avidly. After that, after I became a Christian, that during that week I read the Bible through from Genesis right through to the book of Daniel. I wouldn't put it down. I'm a bit like that with novels as well, but I was just so engrossed. And I remember Yvonne just getting the Bible and kind of like saying, you think more of that Bible than you do of me. <laughs> and that wasn't true, but I certainly <laughs> discovered a brand new love of God and his word, and that has never left me. And of course, I mean, obviously, as you said, Yvonne herself came through to faith. The following week, and, and for her, her story is that uh, she, she said to, dropped a note to a friend saying, uh, unless it's today, I can't, this was the, 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 the Sunday, just Sunday evening, the, ne- the next guest guest service was the following Sunday and she said I can't see how I'm going to be a Christian if it isn't today and she described a door being closed to her and not knowing how to to open it and uh, as she as as we walked into the church service she started to cry and I said what what's wrong and Yvonne said the door's open (laughs) before she got into the church 
<laughs> Which is even better because it speaks about the direct interaction of, of God, doesn't it? I mean, I think exactly. many of us, do, you know, we, we, we pray for people and we talk to people and all the rest of it. And, uh, but, of course, we, we sometimes very much underestimate the work of the Holy Spirit, oh. you know, the direct work of, that God exactly, does. Exactly, exactly. You know? And uh, Billy Graham famously said, uh, you know, just because you, you're in a garage doesn't mean to say you're a car. Mm. And just because you go into a church doesn't mean you're a Christian. Of course, or uh, I think Corrie Ten Boom used to say you can put a mouse in in a biscuit. You know, she had cookie jar because she was, uh, but you can put a mouse in a biscuit, but it doesn't make the mouse a biscuit. Exactly. <laughs> saying the exactly. same, saying the same exactly. thing, and that it? whole sense of a wonderful relationship with God. I'm just reading through John 17 at the moment. That whole sense, the high priestly prayer of Jesus, where he's talking there about that wonderful relationship he had with the Father, and uh, for me. One one time in Sheffield, when, when, when we were working together in Sheffield, weren't we? And uh, I remember walking through the street, and I'd had a difficult childhood, and uh, I just felt the father saying to me, I'm the dad you've never had. And tears were rolling down my face, <laughs> walking through <laughs> the centre of Sheffield. I don't know what anybody thought, but I wasn't really bothered, to be honest. <laughs> because th- those words have stuck with me and lived with me. Because until you know the love of the Father in your heart, it's hard for you to overcome the real difficulties of your life. I mean, you passed over very quickly there, you know, about your ch- your childhood, and I, and I know that that you know you saw your your, your father being quite abusive to you, to your mother. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, that was that was years ago, and and uh, and God has done an amazing work. In your life, but but of course, what you're doing right now in terms of like, I know you're very heavily involved in the Water Lily project. Yeah. You're going to tell us about another project that you're involved in, um, and of course, right at the heart of, of of those organizations are people who have gone through tremendous hurt. Yeah. And I guess that when you were working at Morelands, you you would have seen a number of of young people and older people coming through who actually would also have been carrying hurts from the exactly, past. Exactly, exactly. One of one of one of my. Um, Closest students and friends, she's, she's graduated now, working for a church. And uh, when she first came in, she was so low in confidence with men that she couldn't even come into my office. At the end, <laughs> of course, she came in, threw her bags down on the floor and was, what about this and what about that? And the, the <laughs> transformation of God during that time, amazing. And also, of course, the healing that comes with it. I mean, obviously healing, particularly where yeah. things are so close to home and uh, and the forgiveness and so on. It is a process. Did, did, did you find that easy or was it, uh, or was it something for you that was, is in some way still happening? I think uh, the day that you think that you've got there, be careful, <laughs> you might fall. And I think, you know, God is continually refining, you know, that song, Refine as Fire. My one desire is to, to, to be holy. And I think the refinement that goes on in the Christian life, but you're not doing it on your own. You're doing it under the influence of the Holy Spirit. I love that line where it says, no fishing. It's very easy to kind of like make yourself feel guilty about what you might have done in the past or whatever. But in the end, it's when the Holy Spirit brings things to your mind and you say, and when the Holy Spirit says to you, do that. Make amends here. You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. 
And of course, my very special guest in the second hour of our programme is uh, a long-time uh, friend of mine, uh, Colin Bennett. And we've known each other, I, I don't know how many years. We, we met in, sh- in the city of Sheffield. We did, we did. Uh, I worked for the YMCA there. <laughs> you worked for the YMCA for a time. Yeah. Of course, we, we do share one thing in common, and that is a, a passion for young people. And, and of exactly. course, your wife was training to be a teacher, and my wife also has been a teacher. But, but the whole thing about young people, what was it, Colin, that primarily motivated you to want to train to be a, to be a youth worker? Well, even before I was a Christian, um, for me, I just wished that someone had been there during my teenage years. I wish there'd have been somebody who I could have just spoken to. And so I never even knew that you could be a, a professional youth worker or I certainly didn't want to be a teacher, but I ended up being on a teaching course, <laughs> <laughs> which was training you also as a professional youth and community worker. And that's where I met uh, Yvonne, so at West Hill College in Birmingham. And then really the rest of my life has been shaped around that whole sense of family, youth, children, schools, community has been been the passion for for me and the you know people say about being missionaries but that has been my mission field yeah and of course i mean i think if i had have uh, had the option uh, when i when i did my own training you know then it was a two year course the things like degrees and things like they the only degree I had was the degree of cheek, you know. Exactly. But but the but the interesting thing was that of course it was later on that that Christian institutions, Morelands of course being one yeah. of them, were actually then able to get uh, to get accreditation yeah. in order to be able to to teach not only uh, you know youth work to a professional standard, uh, creating youth professional youth workers, but actually to do that within the context of of a Christian environment. Yeah, and it's a great um, privilege to have been part of that with Morelands in terms of. Uh, getting uh, professional accreditation. Uh, So 1999 is when we first got a national endorsement by the government to run professional youth and community work qualifications, and that still is the case today. I mean, going back to young people and and faith, I mean, I suppose, and quite sadly, although not not exclusively, because I was going to say that we're almost losing a generation of of young people. It's always been a great concern Mm. of mine, really, that uh, when I was a boy... Uh, you know, uh, unlike you, I, I was brought up, you know, in a Christian family. But our, the Sunday school that I went to, Colin, had five hundred, wow. you know, young people. Uh, incredible, and of course, I, I didn't. The penny didn't drop for me until a bit later. But having said that, what, what do what do you feel, you know, about making the the gospel and faith real to young people? I mean, obviously, you just said there about you wish you had somebody. But what? How do you? I mean, you, you've worked across the country. What do, what yeah. do you feel is the temperature think, of things? I think um, it's always been difficult to communicate the gospel to um, 12s to 18-year-olds. To I mean, I think, you know, it's not, not coincidental that the Bible says, flee the evil desires of youth. And I think there is a, <laughs> there is a sense that um, young people at the age of, well, increasingly 10, 10 to 12, they're opening their eyes to... And certainly the, the, the internet has, has spawned that, opening their eyes to things which they're the adult world and all the temptations that are there. And uh, I, think, I think it's, you know, the church really needs always, as always, to get in early with the wonderful message of the Lord Jesus Christ, the knowledge that, that we are not alone in this world, that we are shaped by, by God. 
in in writing our mother's womb. Because when we, Chris was saying earlier on, of course, you've been part of this about you know uh, of teaching people in an applied way, applied theology, yeah. and so on. So really working our faith out, doing doing stuff, proving if you like that the God that we believe in, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I guess that, that there's an excitement to doing that, you know, uh, uh, that maybe yeah. we're not so good at communicating, you know, that this is. To, you know, the Christian journey is not an easy one, but actually it's the most exciting one because well, you never know what's coming. Well, some churches are really poor at doing it. Some churches are fantastic at doing it. But, you know, you, you look at some churches and you think, and, my, and I'm, I've spoken about this a number of times, that you look at some churches and it looks like the people who are going into the church have got toothache. And when they come out, they've had four taken out. <laughs> and, you know, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And... Uh, Steve Brady once had a student, uh, Steve Brady, the, 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 the past principal of, of Morelands, had a student who was so miserable going around college and he asked the student to come into his office and he said, I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to leave. And the student said, well, why? I'm, I'm doing so well at my qualifications. And I, no, 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 no. You look as miserable as sin all the time. There's not a, a shred of joy in your life. It was a massive wake-up call to that student. He came back after the summer, a changed man. Danced into the office. (laughs) (laughs) I saw a smile. His face cracked with that smile. And I think sometimes we need to be brought up sharp about that. I always say to my own family, never let anything rob you of the joy which Jesus has given you today. Mm. Interestingly enough, uh, I, I'm, through your influence, and because my, uh, my son, I didn't say David has special needs and, and so on, but uh, we've been going on walks together, uh, <laughs> usually around the block. Uh, I have ventured. You've say, been around the block sh- a long time, Blair. Uh, should we go? Should we go to Hengisbury Head? <laughs> no, no, around the block will be fine, Dad. You know, but when he, when we've had those walks around the block. Uh, uh, he'll ask me about different people in, in our lives. You know, is this one a Christian and is that one a Christian? Uh, and and then sometimes I said to him, I said, well, you know, we just have to leave that to God's son, you know, and because uh, there's certain things we we don't know. But then he will say, but Colin says that place called hell. He says, uh, he says we don't want to go there. <laughs> now, Colin, if I had a pound, if I had a pound for every time that David had quoted you uh, <laughs> saying that, you know, so uh, I thought I spoke about heaven far more than that. <laughs> well, that's what he's remembering. Well, he loves heaven, and he has a he has a very real, you know, he has yeah. a very real uh, faith in his own in his own way, you know. But but having said that, uh, you know, the, the the concept of of being anywhere else other than heaven yeah, exactly. is an anathema to him. Yeah. Yeah. But of course that's the other thing that people don't realize and maybe we don't talk about it enough, but but hell or separation from course, God yeah. is a very real th- thing. Well, well, if if we don't if we don't when we're telling telling the gospel, at least say, look, there's a reason for this that that Jesus came, the savior of the world. What's he saving us from? Um coronavirus no no he's saving us from eternal death and eternal punishment you know why why do i love jesus so much because he is the only name by which we can be saved i think a lot of people struggle don't they and i don't know whether whether you've thought much about this i've i've struggled with it myself because you you think about people who we know yeah. haven't made a commitment to god we, as far as we know you know uh, of course we never know and we'll never know what people do towards those latter stages of you know of yeah. life but uh, but of course we because we know that separation from god is so awful i mean awful in this life never mind oh. you know and what's to come but the the idea of eternal separation it just 
to, to equate that with the God that we know is just full of immense love. Putting those two things together, well, it's hard for us as Christians, but it's also hard, I guess, for people who at the moment haven't quite completed their understanding of whether there is a God or not. Yeah, I, I would say... You know, let's look at the good. <laughs> the gospel is called good news, and that's why I always focus on the good news. But you have to, as well, say that there is a, there is a punishment, an escape that we're, we're escape route that we've got here. And um, I, I think the whole whole sense of being free from from that and escaping from that is such an such an important thing. And sometimes, you know, if you haven't been to a church recently or you haven't heard at least a sermon about heaven and hell, then, you know, you need to, to start going to some churches that are, that are preaching these things. Mm. But certainly heaven, what, you know, when people talk about coronavirus, I, my kids used to say to me, they used to say, I, I, they were crossing the road with me and they'd say, uh, I'd say, come on, hold my hand. And they'd say, don't worry, Dad, don't worry. If I die, I'll just go to... To go to heaven and be with Jesus, and I'd hold their hand tight and say, "Well, you're not dying." At the no, no, it's not the moment. <laughs> but yeah. I think having that as the backdrop to your life, that the, the the joy of Jesus and living that is is the thing that really focus on. It's better always to think about winning than losing. I'm a football avid football supporter. I never or I play That's golf. Faith, a lot. of course, exactly. Is it Coventry? Yeah, yeah. Coventry City. Yeah. Faith, and, yeah, and golf. I always go in thinking I'm going to win. I never go in. Or if I'm playing a golf shot and there's a lake in front of me, I never think I am not going to hit this ball in the lake. I always think instead I'm going to hit this ball onto the green. And it's true, you know, because the Bible says, "As a man thinks in his heart." So, so he is, you exactly. know, and, uh, exactly. and I, I find uh, in life that if you approach it, I mean, I like yourself, I guess that we've all been out of our comfort zone yeah. with lots of things, you know, maybe the first time you went in the golf course, you yeah, know, yeah. Yeah. and other people around you and they're yes. doing great. And then along comes you, the novice, <laughs> and you think, oh, my goodness, uh, I've certainly been in that position. But actually, yesterday I was sharing on the radio about how, that lovely scripture about how we can do immeasurably more, you know, um, through our faith in Christ. But it is true that sometimes yeah. we, it's only when we look back, actually, yeah. that we realize uh, just how much we've learned and how much we were able to do, even though we may have thought that we couldn't. I loved playing golf with you, Blair. And you don't, we haven't played recently and <laughs> a long, long time. But I remember we used, you used to be called the seeker oh, because yes. all you ever used to do is go and look for lost golf balls. Yes. That just shows you the evangelistic heart that you've got. So if you would have been, you know, when, when, you, when you were at work, people say, well, where are you, Blair? I'm on a course at the moment seeking the lost. That would have been playing golf. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I've always had that, that sort of tendency of the. Uh, I think the seeker is a very good term uh, for, for me. Exactly. Uh, plus the fact that interest my 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 golf is not you know it's not it's not it's not my sport. I was I was a runner. I, I was know a, you, you know. Were. But uh, but anyway, I digress. Let's talk a little bit about uh, about water lily. Yes. Uh, because you're you're the current chair. I am. And, I, and and obviously for the uninitiated, just. Say a little bit about what Water so Lily Water Lily is. So is a project, and it's, it's just about to have its 10th anniversary next year, so watch this space. Look on the, the website, The Water Lily Project, and you'll find all about it. But there, The Water Lily Project is designed to help, predominantly help women who are in domestic abuse situations. And it is women who are in domestic abuse situations. And The Water Lily Project stands for Women Loved and Protected. So the whole notion of having support and encouragement... My mum was was a was in domestic abuse. She had nobody who was there for her. You know, when we fled home, 
which we did number of times, but particularly one time where we were escaping, we had nowhere to escape to. And uh, we walked the streets of Coventry. I remember with my mum, uh, my sister in arms, a little baby. And um, that's, that's what Waterlily is about. It's about being there. And so for me, why am I involved with that? Shouldn't it be a woman who's chair of the charity? For me, the reason why the, the, the team think I should be the chair is because when I'm involved with that project, I'm really helping my mum. This is Hope FM. And of course, my very special guest is uh, Con Bennett, uh, who uh, is a man with fingers in many pies. Too just... many pies, Blair. Too many pies. Uh, well, of course, you know, in, in the various roles that you've had, I mean, you, you talk all over the place, don't you? And you, you know a lot of people, you know, in the Christian world. But you have a few other interesting new things on the boil. What's... There are. So I'm um, on the, the board of trustees for a brand new charity called Green Door for Families. If we think about the conurbation, there are many families who are outside of um, traditional ways that, that the church might want to connect with them. There are lots who are just struggling and finding difficulties. And Green Door for Families were looking at the possibility of moving into this into uh, Bournemouth, Christchurch and Paul, probably starting in Christchurch uh, this time next year. So... Uh, but we've got a lot of planning and a lot of we want to we want to do it right. So I'm not really talking much about that at the moment. But so, but uh, what's at the heart? What's at the heart of it? The heart is to connect with families that are that are struggling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a number of people know that families, a lot of families are in meltdown. They really are, and uh, it's what I've been teaching at Morelands over the past um, seven or eight years. That and of course, uh, if that was if that was true before what we are calling lockdown and oh. COVID, of course, how much more so. Uh, through you know the, these well what we're going through right now basically yeah. Yeah. i mean and it doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor you know whatever color it really doesn't make any difference you know family family is under attack and uh yeah so we mm. we really want as a charity to support and the, the charity at the moment has, has been working in bridgewater and somerset but is looking to open a a, a branch, branch here, yes. Oh, that sounds. That yeah, sounds. Well, so when you're ready, you'll have to come back on again. Definitely. And, uh, well, don't tell worry. Us. You'll oh. hit, don't oh. worry. Don't worry. I'll I'll give you an invite to the launch oh, sometime uh, this time next I year. Shall, I shall hold you to that. And then I'm involved with another charity called Discipling the Nations, and so that's a. Uh, so my links are Waterlily is local, uh, Green Door for Families is national, Discipling the Nations international. So actually, Discipling the Nations based in Birmingham, so a hub for the whole of the world. So, And one of the passions that I have is about discipling. I think it was John Stott who said, I don't know where it, where it actually was sourced, but he certainly believed that uh, the reason why the church in Britain today is relatively impoverished is because it doesn't follow what Jesus said. It follows the great omission rather than the great commission. So Matthew 28, where it says about make disciples, that's the only one thing Jesus gave us to do. Mm. make disciples (laughs) and yet people i think churches sometimes get lost with lots of other things or what's the worship like or you know how many home groups have we got or or a whole range of different things but actually we're given one task to do to make disciples and of course the other thing is that uh, like you look at the early church of course that there was a time whenever uh, you know you you said you were a christian or a follower of the way and out to the lions you went, you know. Exactly. So, so you need to be pretty sure that, you know, 
and then of course Constantine came along and messed all that up and changed the calendar and all the rest of it. But then yeah. it became the popularized thing to be a Christian. But it, it always disturbs me when when some of the statistics come out, uh, sort of revealing that uh, that people you know don't don't pray, they don't read their Bibles. You know, they they there are reasons I know I know I know for that. But but why is it that we're producing such a, a weak uh, you know, group of people who um, who really aren't digging for themselves, aren't applying, you know, that faith maybe the way that they should. Perhaps we've forgotten who we are, you know, that we're loved by a loving father who's always there for us, mm. that we're saved and we have a brother who's alongside us in everything we do. And we have the Holy Spirit who's there to inspire and encourage and challenge and support us in every single thing we do. Now I'm, I'm glad you said that actually because uh, I I think I often think about it because I I do believe that that we don't believe or don't realize who we are in Christ you know and the authority that we have uh, when Jesus said you know you'll do even greater things in my name of course it's all held in intention because exactly. we have to it's God's perfect timing yeah and uh, I don't know how many conversations you have had about uh, is it now <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> I'd like it to be today. <laughs> <laughs> of course, God doesn't always work that way. No one knows the hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that I think that's it. And, and Stott's, Stott's thing about the church is discipling, intentionally discipling. You know, I'd ask the, the listeners today, who is it you are discipling and who is discipling you? Now, there you are. So we're getting right down your answers on a piece of paper and send them to Hope FM. Yeah, not to me, but to Blair. Well, well, I'll get you back in because you'll have to do the analysis, won't you? Okay, okay. (laughs) Yeah. But, of course, it is difficult. I mean, we're we're living in a very challenging world. And, uh, and of course, we're... Life is very complicated. Uh, you know, a, a friend of mine out of the blue phoned me. In fact, I was on the radio and I got a text message. Um, sort of shared with me, you know, about how she had been in a marriage, but but in a, quite an abusive situation. Yeah, yeah. And now she's not married. And But I could sense, Colin, when I eventually talked to this person on the telephone, I could sense the pain mm. uh, that that goes with that it's so so important i think that we recognize that in in each other and become part of the healing process as opposed yeah. part of the judgment of of people so martin joseph very famous um Christ, contemporary christian musician back in the 80s he said in bars and churches the need is just the same and there is a sense that uh, some people think oh well, you go to church there you're all, you're all sorted out that isn't true there's others who are out, out of church and, oh, you're all sorted out. Well, that isn't true either. In fact, this side of heaven, none of us are all sorted out. No. We all need, we all need a saviour. Absolutely. And the interesting thing is that, I mean, I know it sounds awful, but, but, but when the Bible talks about our best righteousness, you know, uh, being like filthy rags, uh, it, it, I mean, again, it's, a, it's an amazing picture, isn't it? But, of course, what it's basically saying is you cannot, no one, any of us can pull ourselves up to heaven, to God, by our bootstrings no. or by the things we've done. It's actually through submission. Yeah. But maybe that's the thing that makes it so difficult. Yeah, I think so. And I think, uh, um, remember, Paul said that, and he, he had got a lot to be shouting about, saying how wonderful miracles he'd done and everything, and yet um, he knew that all of that was nothing compared to the wonderful grace of God, that love of God which passes all understanding. So as we come to the end of the programme today, because yeah. I know you've got to go 
to the Water Lily Coffee well, Bar have, to I'm, meet. I'm due to be there, so I'm, you know. By the way, you, you should unashamedly tell them where the Water Lily Coffee Bar is. Oh, yeah, is. 131 Barrack Road. So please go down there. It's the cheapest coffee in, in, in Christchurch and a warm, friendly smile and a wonderful lunch. Where else can you get a full English for £3.20? Well, you, so, you, you can't. <laughs> and, of course, you know, social distancing is being observed. Yeah, absolutely. It's yes. very, very, very good. And there's a, now we've opened a brand new um, garden restaurant round the, at the back so you can eat because uh, it can be a little bit noisy on Barrett Road, so you can eat in quiet at the back, and that's where I'm heading. <laughs> so you can so you can check it out, and uh, and, uh, and I'll uh, be there. See me see me there in in twenty minutes or half an hour. But before you go, Colin, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously you, you're 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 a passionate man. You've 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 obviously you, I know that you love communicating and you yeah. love training, and you've already said about discipling and so on. Yeah. Well, uh, during this time of, of, of lockdown and all these challenges of COVID, and as you go forward into new areas for yourself, yeah. what is the thing that, that excites you most? What, what's your, what's your well, training is at it. And uh, as a result, I'm going to be launching a brand new uh, training company called Training Life Changing. So I say launching, I'm resurrecting it. When we worked in Sheffield, Blair, I used to be a training consultant. Was it called Indelta then? Yes, there were developmental training and all of that. And then I went freelance, training life changing. And so I'll be launching a brand new website starting in in January around training and and being a training consultant, management training consultant. Lots to share. So um, watch so, this space again. I'll be back on here, Blair. <laughs> oh, you'll be very welcome. And of course, uh, you, I mean, you haven't, although there you are, furloughed along with everybody, the world and exactly. his cats, you know. Exactly. <laughs> furloughed. But you've not been twiddling your thumbs, have you? No, certainly not. I've been as busy as I was when I well, was unfurloughed. So, uh, and I, I'm back off furlough probably the 1st of September. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, um, I find that I was more busier in retirement uh, than, than I ever was, you know, when I, when I was working. You know, you get landed to do things like run radio stations. And, uh, and of course, you're, you'll be, you know, you, you'll find uh, the same, you know, because you're not that far off retirement. Well, I'm you? 64 now and 66. And um, so, you know, watch this space. I say to some people, well, you don't need to worry because there probably won't be any retirement, you know, whenever whenever you eventually... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no retirement in the kingdom of God. The only place you retire to is being promoted to glory, Blair. It's not the most encouraging thing to say. <laughs> For more inspirational interviews, podcasts and Hope FM best bits, visit hopefm.com forward slash listen again.